Many times we greet each other with, how are you? For the believer, the answer is this, blessed beyond imagination. If you're scratching your head and you're wondering why, stay tuned next for Daily in Christ. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos, and it is always a great pleasure to be here with you sharing the good things of the Lord. God is good and greatly to be praised. Well, we are beginning a brand new series. The series title is Blessed Beyond Imagination. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this. It's an amazing verse. Listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Did you hear that? This wonderful God who is so worthy of blessing. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything lacking in every spiritual blessings? No. And you know, the spiritual is in back of and precedes the physical Third John chapter two says this, or rather verse two says this, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Listen to this, just as your soul prospers. So Ephesians chapter one, verse three says that the believer, the one in Christ by the grace of God is blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Third John Verse 2 says that we would prosper in all things and be in health just as our soul prospers. That is blessed beyond imagination. And we're going to be unpacking in this uh, new series what it means about the blessing of God. What does that involve and what impact does that have in our life? And what's the result of the blessing of God in our lives? You will be blessed, (laughs) that's for sure. Well, we're coming off the last two episodes of the Daily in Christ podcast, where I presented a message that I preached in my church called, He Was Crushed So That You Would Be Blessed. And God has been leading me to this particular series, Blessed Beyond Imagination. I know there are some of you, when I ended the um, Hebrews series, I mentioned that there would be an upcoming series about not under law. That series will come, but it is in God's timing and it is in God's correct sequence. I kind of marvel at his leading and his guiding in this uh, podcast uh, step by step. There was a five-part series that we uh, went into dealing with the fact that Satan's number one tactic to keeping us away from God is do and live. In other words, we become like God based on what we do. And if you're wondering about that, you can stop by our website at dailyinchrist.org and download uh, that particular series. Jesus suffered so much. Jesus took upon himself all the wrong, the bad that was involved in our life to bring us into blessing. And we're going to continue unpacking this idea of what the blessing of God means. But as I like to do at the beginning of a time in God's word, whether it would be my own personal time in God's word or a shared time of preaching or maybe Bible study, we need to go to the God of the word before we go to the word of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that you are so, so good. You are a blessing, God. And yes, Lord, you bless us truly beyond imagination. Father, as we go through this study in your word, I pray that once again, you would through the Holy Spirit 
turn the light on, bring us illumination, and Father, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, I thank you that in the context of that, the light of the Holy Spirit turning on uh, so that we can see no longer darkness, but the blessings and the treasures of God all around us. Lord, we may know the hope of our calling. What is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power, your ability toward us who believe? Father, as we endeavor to understand better, both by the word of God, the scripture, and through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, what the blessing of God is. Lord, may we get a clearer glimpse of you and your heart and your kind intentions for our lives. In Jesus' name and for his glory alone, we pray. Amen. Well, first of all, I want to say this, and it came up as I was even praying, that God himself is the source of all blessing. And you know, the reason why God is a blessing God is because God is good. God is a blessing God because he is good. And remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, there is none good But God, any goodness that we see in life apart from God is because of God ultimately. God is the source of all goodness because God in his being is good. We experience good or goodness because God is good. God does good because God is good. And God blesses precisely because he is good. And I want you to know that God's heart is truly a blessing heart. About four years ago, uh, in my time with the Lord, and this happens every once in a while where the Lord is teaching me, and then I'll just start writing uh, so I don't forget the lesson that he's been showing me. And I'd like to share with you this treasure the Lord gave me back in 2012 called God's heart is a blessing heart. God truly wants to richly bless us, not just spiritually, but in every other aspect of our life. I believe the Bible teaches ultimate prosperity, total enrichment, so that we can be 100% successful in the wonderful purposes God has for our lives. Let me repeat that again, because that's a very important point. And a very important distinction. I believe the Bible teaches ultimate prosperity, total enrichment, so that we can be 100% successful in the wonderful purposes God has for our lives. Sometimes, however, when we hear of God's wonderful heart to bless us, we have a tendency to push back thinking, we better be careful not to go into an excess here. We may say, well, if God wants to financially bless me, what about the poor starving children in Africa? To which I would say, and what good are you to those poor starving children in Africa if you are poor and starving in America? God may very well want you to be the answer to that poor starving child in Africa. But how in the world can you or I be of any good to that child if we are swamped in bills and debt over our head without a penny left to give? Or better yet, how about wouldn't it be good if we could board a jet and fly to Africa to be with that child in need personally? Or maybe even adopt an orphan child or How about uh, be a parent to a foster child waiting for a good home? You know, this reminds me of the silly view that some Christians have about healing. Someone is sick, and you'll hear some Christians pray for everything except healing for that sick person. You ask them why they didn't say a word for healing when they prayed, and they religiously say, well, it may not be God's will for them to be healed. To which I say to them, really? 
then you had better, they had better stop going to the doctor and taking medicines because it may not be God's will to heal them. You know, we have such a flat view of prosperity. Either it is all about BMWs, mansions, caviar, diamond rings, etc., or it's not. It's like being poor. Dear one, that is the lie of the devil. Biblical prosperity means being totally enriched so that your needs are abundantly met with an overflow to meet others' needs. Biblical prosperity means being totally enriched and equipped with an abundance to successfully carry out what God has destined for your life. And again, this is similar to what I said earlier, and just like that one was worthy of repeating, let me repeat this again. Biblical prosperity means being totally enriched so that your needs are abundantly met with an overflow to meet others' needs. Biblical prosperity means being totally enriched and equipped with an abundance to successfully carry out what God has destined and planned for your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8-11 through 11 puts it so well. Let me read it to you in the New International Version. It says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad His gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. Did you know that the context of these verses is two, two entire chapters talking about Christians being financially generous? 2 Corinthians 9.8. Let me say that again. And again, I like the way the NIV puts it. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Friends, in one verse, that is biblical prosperity. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 declares that those who are in Christ by the grace of God are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Do you know what an heir is? An heir is one who is a recipient from the one who makes the will to receive the benefit of the inheritance. Now, in biblical typology and Eastern typology, the firstborn son received a rich inheritance, by far the biggest inheritance than any other child in that family. The firstborn son received the biggest blessing. Do you know that Jesus Christ is the firstborn? And that gives great significance to the statement in Romans eight seventeen that everyone in Christ is not just a son of God, a rightful heir, but we are indeed joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, it means that you are blessed to be a blessing. And I don't want to diminish the fact that God blesses us because he loves us. He also loves others. And that's why he wants to enrich our lives to overflow so that we can be a blessing to others. Again, that's uh, something that I wrote back in 2012 called God's Heart is a Blessing Heart. I hope that in listening to that, you would begin to catch a greater glimpse into God's purpose, God's intent in blessing us. Now what I want to do is 
do what I call a blessed scripture parade. This is a parade of scripture verses that goes through quite a bit of the Bible. And let me let the word speak for itself when it talks about God's blessing and what he does with his blessing. We begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. Remember the creation accounts? In Genesis 1, 22, it says this, And God blessed them, the creatures of the earth, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let birds multiply upon the earth. You can see the blessing of God there results in fruitfulness and multiplication. By the way, we're going to be delving into that topic later on in this series. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28 Again, in the creation account, God blesses the man and woman, and this is what we read. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. And then we move to Genesis chapter 12, and a man of God known as Abraham. Now, I want to put a little bit of context. He became a man of God, not because of what he did, but because of what God did, and specifically God's blessing. To give a little bit of context, uh, Abraham came from a pagan territory, Ur of the Chaldees. That is in present-day Iraq. And uh, then his father moved the family up to a place called Haran, which was to the north. And then God comes to Abraham and says this. This is in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Abram, that was his name at that point, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, that is what is known as the Abrahamic blessing. It's the blessing that God gave to Abraham and to his descendants, that is the Jews, a rich blessing that is seen even to this very day. And I just want to add a little bit parenthetically that some of the greatest names in history have been Jewish people. How about Einstein, that brilliant physicist, astrophysicist. How about Steven Spielberg, the genius filmmaker? There have been brilliant inventors, brilliant poets, brilliant uh, musicians, uh, Jews, many of them. Uh, How about Bernstein, uh, a brilliant composer and conductor of the 20th century? This is evidence of this blessing of Abraham going to him and his descendants. That's what it says. Um, and, and, and so uh, th- that's something we'll get into a lot more detail later on in this series. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is at the time of Moses. Uh, they had um, crossed the Red Sea. They were in the desert for 40 years. And then they're in the edge of the promised land. God is about to bring them in. And this is the blessings that are laid out in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now I'm going to stop right there. Because these blessings are true, but you'll notice that there's a very strong conditional statement that is there, specifically that they would observe carefully all of the commandments of God. Now, 
Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about obeying the law of God continually. And then after um, about verse 14, uh, God says, and if you disobey once, uh, these curses are going to come upon you. And there are 55 horrible, dreadful verses of curses. Someone may say, well, what's up with that? And we'll get into this detail a little bit later on, that these blessings were conditioned under the covenant of law, the Mosaic covenant, uh, by their obedience. Under the new covenant, we are in these blessings, not because of our obedience and righteousness, but because of the obedience and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll have more about that later on, but I did want to bring in that important qualifier right here. Okay, so verse two, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And let me give this new covenant language because Jesus obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Verse three, blessed you shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed you shall be when you go out. Verse 7 of Deuteronomy 28, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Again, that's in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can just see the different dynamics and power and resource of the blessing of God. We're going through sort of a parade of blessing scriptures throughout the Bible. Psalm 21 verses 1 through 7 says this, it is the blessing given by God to the king. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life from you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation honor and majesty you have placed upon him for you have made him most blessed forever you have made him exceedingly glad with your presence for the king trusts in the lord and through the mercy of the most high he shall not be moved isn't that a, a rich psalm psalm 21 verses 1 through 7 do you notice right there in uh, in verse 7, it says, For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. You know, only the guilty are the ones who need mercy. 
only the guilty have done wrong. And mercy pleads, the plead of mercy is not to get what our sins deserve, but according to the goodness and the forgiveness of God. David was by far not a perfect man. He received blessing, not because he was so good, but because God is so good. Let's move on to uh, Psalm 65, verse 4, which interestingly enough really does get into this, why why the blessing comes upon us. It says, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Psalm 65, verse 4. Do you see it? The blessed one is the one, the man, the woman that God chooses. Jesus said, I have chosen you first. And and our choosing of God is the result of him choosing us. He, it says here in Psalm 65, verse 4, has caused us to approach God so that we may dwell in his presence, in his courts, to enjoy the satisfaction, the fullness, the fulfillment of the goodness of God's house. Listen, Proverbs 10, verses 6 through 7 says this, Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Proverbs 10, verses 6 and 7. Here's Proverbs 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Isn't that amazing? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrows with it. How many times have we seen in the world system somebody has gotten rich and they have become completely miserable? Not so with the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says this, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. We can see that the blessings of the Lord are the true riches, not this world's riches, but the riches from the hand of God who is good. How about this in Isaiah chapter 44, verses 22 through 5. I'm sorry, verse 2 through 5. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's, and name himself by the name of Israel. Isn't that powerful? And that's in Isaiah chapter 44, verses 2 through 5. Remember, please, the context of The prophet Isaiah, it was not a happy time. It was a time of gloom and doom and foreboding judgment after centuries of horrible disobedience and crass idolatry against God. The time of judgment was coming to the northern kingdom of Israel, and that was being meted out by the Assyrians. And yet in the midst of Isaiah, where we see so much dark foreboding judgment that is coming to be, yet is the gracious, merciful uh, words of promise and blessing like this that we hear from God, where God says, he will pour water on him who is thirsty. You know, not just a little trickle, but God's blessing is pouring water on the one who is thirsty. In other words, full and overflowing. If I took a cup that was empty and I poured it with a great big pitcher and it went all the way to the top and overflowed, you would have more than enough. And then it says this, that God pours floods upon 
the dry ground. God says, I will pour my spirit, pour my spirit on your descendants. We are in that day right now, believer. It is the day of the church. Remember what happened on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2? This is That was the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon all flesh. Continuing a little more in this parade of blessing scriptures, Romans chapter 8, verse 32. I love this one so much. It says this, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Oh my. You know, if God didn't even spare his own son, precious son. How can we believe that he would not give us all good things together with him? Mm. It says that he freely gives us all things, Romans 8.32. And then one more. This is in Romans chapter 15, verse 29. Uh, This is uh, said by the apostle Paul. He says this, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. I know that's just one verse, and it just seems to to go by so quickly toward the end of that incredible epistle, Romans. But note, please, what he says right there. I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. The fullness of the blessing of of the gospel and the biggest blessing is the blessing that we get through the gospel of grace and and it's related to what we just read in Romans 8:32 a moment ago he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things is that not blessing my friend well we're we're going to dig deeper into all of this as this uh, series unfolds, and I trust uh, that uh, you'll be able to catch these messages and ongoing episodes. All right, so so far we've seen that uh, God is a blessing God because God is good. <laughs> he blesses precisely because he is good. God's heart is a blessing heart. And then we got into uh, that blessing heart giving to us, prospering us for good reason, uh, to grant us a success in what God has destined us for. And we've just marched along in a wonderful blessing scripture parade. I want to spend a little bit of time right here talking about what is the blessing of God and what is it not. Well, first of all, let's take a look at what the blessing of God is not. It is not some religious benediction at the end of the service that we just yawn through because we are looking forward to getting out of there. I mean, yes, that's true. There is the blessing and the benediction at the end, but that is not the core or the meaning of the blessing of God. That is an expression of the blessing of God. Also, the blessing of God is not necessarily something we do before we eat. You know, a lot of people are in that habit of praying the blessing. Yes, that is an expression because of the blessing of God. We're really, what we're doing before a meal is we're just taking time to say, God, thank you. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for this food and this fellowship. And then finally, the blessing of God certainly is not something that is needed when someone sneezes. Now, if that isn't religious, I don't know what is. The best reason that I've ever heard uh, about the origin of saying bless you when someone sneezes is supposedly the person is ejecting a demon. That's not biblically true. But anyway, I, I want to make a point here. Sometimes when we hear the blessing of God, we get this sort of religious knee-jerk reaction, you know, where we're thinking about that religious thing that's done at the end of a service, or we think about something, the blessing that we do before we eat a meal, because we have to. Or maybe, yeah, we say it because someone, not you, sneezes, and we say, bless you. The blessing of God is not that. It is so much more. You know, the Amplified Version of the Bible, which I really enjoy, it is um, 
It's called the Amplified Version because it brings in, in the Old Testament, the um, nuances of the Hebrew, the original Hebrew language of the Bible. And then over in the New Testament, the Greek, the original Greek sense of the words. And when you're reading in the Amplified and and is talking about blessed, it means this. It's amplified this way in the amplified version. Happy, fortunate to be envied. Happy, fortunate to be envied. That is the blessedness. A person is experiencing the blessedness because God is blessing them and they are happy, fortunate to be envied. We also see in the Bible that the blessing of God is associated with life. Uh, Back in the creation account in the book of Genesis, we read earlier that uh, God blessed the creatures of the earth, the flying creatures, the creatures in the sea, and then the the living creatures across the face, face of the earth. And the effect of that blessing was teeming life, uh, fruitfulness, and multiplication. So the blessing of God is associated with life. Conversely, the curse is associated with death. There's another concept in this word blessing that is God speaking the good word to you, speaking the good word to you. And we um, mentioned Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 at the beginning of this episode where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The word blessing there is the Greek word eulageo, eulageo. And it means to speak well of. In fact, we get the English word eulogy from the, from the Greek word eulageo, to speak well of. Now think about this. God speaking well of you speaks of his favor toward you. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, we can see that the blessing of God is related to the grace of God. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 unfolds and launches into one of the greatest grace chapters in all of the Bible. You know, no matter our background, culture, or religion, intrinsically, we all have a sense of what blessing is. Just like it says in Romans one twenty that uh, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So there's something about God's invisible attributes that we witness or understand through the created order. Likewise, anyone can see the blessing of God by things like the blessing of sunshine or harvest or a loving embrace. You know, there are good things that we experience in this life. Those are the blessing of the hand of God. And in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Wow, that is so good. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And specifically, it's coming from our Heavenly Father of lights, not darkness, lights. And I love this part with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God's character, his integrity, his goodness out of which the blessings flow is the result of the fact that he has integrity. He's not switching around and changing around. As I'm recording this particular episode, we're in the midst of a presidential election season. And my goodness, if these politicians were Find 10 bucks for all the times they lied, they'd be broke. It really kind of uh, sullies our 
thinking when we ponder that. God is not like that at all. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 19. We can count on the blessing of God because of the integrity of God. I want to end the episode today with uh, something from Malcolm Smith. He is a teacher of the Word of God, and uh, this is he's answering the question, what is a blessing? And uh, this comes from his Unconditional Love podcast uh, that came out in April of April 13th of 2012. I was so blessed by this that I listened to it and transcribed what he was saying. And here's what Malcolm Smith had to say about the blessing of God. What is a blessing? It's a little tiny word, yet it's the most ancient word in the human language. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where it begins. And the blessing, the definition, it's a good word spoken. So a blessing is a good word. You might add to that the idea of a glad and joyous word. And it's spoken to personal persons that are greatly beloved, held in high esteem, counted of great worth. And so this good, glad, joyous word spoken to those that are greatly loved. It is a word that contains the content of the word, the content is the love purposes of God for that personal persons. You could say therein is his holy, passionate desire for those persons. This is what love wants for them. It is in that sense the will of God. For the will of God is not some cold thing that is imposed upon you, as some would make us believe, but the will of God is the dancing heart of God. This is what love desires for you. And it comes in the form of a blessing. He speaks it as a good word. But that good word that brings you the assurance of your belovedness and brings to you what love wants for you, that word is not just information. You understand You simply read information and say, well, that's nice. (laughs) This word that comes is for impartation. It's not to inform you and make you the most knowledgeable person in the prayer group. It is that that actually imparted to you, into you, is power to receive it and to become all that it's talking about. So you could say that the spoken, the word spoken is in itself the power to convey what is talking about and endues you with a panoply of ability and power and strength to become all that it wills for you. Blessing. Ah, what a word. Let me say this too. We should never think of a blessing as something that is apart from and independent of God. Let me tell you what I mean. I could say that I'm going to give you this pen. Well, I would give it to you and that's it. I gave something and that was not part of me. Something that was mine and I gave it to you and off you go and you've got something that I had and now I gave it to you and we'll probably meet each other again. That is, I gave it to you as something independent of me. It's something that is not part of me. Or to put it this way, I could give you my shirt I could give you my coat, and off you go. You've got something of me, but you see, if you wanted my heart, ah, that's a different matter. I don't give you a bit of my heart. I don't take out my heart and say, now off you go now. You've got my heart now. No, if you want my heart, you have me. In my totality to go with it and never separate it from my heart. So if I give you my heart, I come with it, and that's a blessing. A blessing isn't some thing that God sort of gives you, some it, some beautiful it, some wonderful it. No, it isn't an it. The blessing is the very heart of God giving himself to you, and he comes with his heart. 
To be blessed means that you have a relationship, an actual union with God, and specifically God the Son. The one we know as Lord Jesus Christ, who is called in the New Testament, the Word of God. He is the good word, and he is the one who brings us everything that had been promised to mankind from Abraham and before. Now, again, I'm reading Malcolm Smith and what he's sharing about the blessing of God. He continues, do you understand that? Because I hear many people talking of blessing as if it is something that God carries on his belt and gives bits away. No, when he blesses you, he gives himself to you and gives himself in Jesus, who is the word of God. You see, Jesus, the word, he undergirds all words of blessing. Blessing focuses in Jesus, ultimately, but it covers all of human existence. You've got to understand, this is speaking of salvation in the sense it's used in the Bible, not in the sense it is used in many places today, which means you'll go to heaven when you die. Salvation means that in your innermost core being, in your mind, in your emotions, in your physical body, in your possessions, in your work, in your imprint upon your world, you receive blessing and become a blessing. It means that you are protected, cared for, and looked after. You are kept. All of that is within that word, blessing. And similar to it is the word shalom or peace, which again covers the entirety of your life. That brings in along with blessing the idea of prosperity and success. Prosperity that begins in your innermost being and moves to your outermost person and imprint upon the world. Ha, but it's all Jesus. Understand it Jesus is the one that undergirds all those words of blessing. He is actually the content of the blessing. Union with Jesus, he and you and you and him is the life that is the secret and the source of the blessing. So every blessing in the Old Testament looked forward to him. When he came, his coming is what guaranteed all those promises in the Old Testament. God gives his love, abundant love. I'll say it. I hesitate to say it. His wasteful love. For he gives it to those who accept and those who do not accept it. He gives his love and he gives his blessing. What's my response? Do I sit back and say, how interesting? No, the response is faith. Faith essentially is my heart saying amen. So it is. So be it. It's like putting a stake in the ground. It's a line in the sand. It's saying this is it. This is final truth. And I give my life away to it. You could say that faith then is abandoning my whole self to the faithfulness of God, believing he means what he says. He is who he says he is, and he'll do what he promised. So here I am. Amen. So it is. That's faith. That's faith. Oh, that is so good. And I was so blessed when Malcolm Smith shared that in his uh um, podcast, which I recommend his podcast. I think it's a very, very good one called Unconditional Love, specifically the one from April 13th, 2012. I was so blessed. I took time and transcribed word for word what he had to say. Um, I hope you're getting a better sense, dear listening friend, about the heart of God himself. I hope you can see, and, and Malcolm Smith said it so well, that you can't separate God's blessing from his heart. But when he blesses you, friend, he is giving himself to you. Let me share this finally with you. Uh, and this is the idea that God's blessing precedes anything truly good that we could ever do for him. 
You see, God is ever the great I am. He is the first cause. We are because he is. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7 says this, Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. And I want to circle back to what we started with at the beginning of this message, the first message in our new series called Blessed Beyond Imagination. It is grounded in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You see, we bless God. We speak the good word of God about God because he has spoken the good word and blessed us. Friend, if you want to glorify God, his blessing is indispensable. Well, next time we're going to be getting into a wonderful blessing passage, and that is Psalm 103, as we begin just to soak in what the Bible has to say about the blessing of God. And those who are in Christ are certainly blessed beyond imagination. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your heart of love Oh, God, I I was particularly touched by the words that were shared by Brother Malcolm Smith when he was talking about the fact that you're a blessing, God, because you love us. And when you bless us, Lord, you are giving of yourself. Father, we have taken time today around your holy word to explore the truth behind the blessing of God. Now, Father, we don't rely upon our human understanding to get this, but Lord, we trust in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, the illuminating, lighting ability of the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation and understanding of these things that goes beyond mere human understanding. And above all, Lord, the, the heartbeat of our prayer is we, we want to know you, Lord, in a deeper way. And we want to make you known to others for your glory. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good. And you are good. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the Daily in Christ podcast, a worldwide ministry sharing the wonderful news of the gospel of grace, the wonderful news of the heart of a loving, good, righteous, holy, and indeed blessing God. You, dear listening friend, are a blessing to us. Thank you for uh, taking the time to absorb the Word of God and share it with others. And we do want to encourage you to pass the Word along to your friends, to your family members, and others. Let them know about the wonderful resources that we have available for them in their Christian life at our website, dailyinchrist.org. And encourage them to listen weekly to the Daily in Christ podcast. My name is Mark Vanus. Friend, continue to enjoy God and walk in his rich blessings in the week ahead.